And uh, we've been on the topic of worry. It's a big topic. And um, um, it's, it's, it's a big topic because um, how many of you know it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy one to slip into? Remember I told you last Sunday what was Pastor Marcus's big sin? Worry. Boy, I tell you, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's one thing when you find out that you, you're, you're, you're dealing with an issue and you're not even aware that you're dealing with it. Uh-huh. You know, because you think, well, I'm just thinking about my kids. What are we going to do? Oh, he's doing this, he's doing this. And you can literally un- 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 be unaware that you're training yourself uh-huh. to worry. Like, what if I do it at school? What if I do that? And then, and then we start to try to figure everything out, and uh-huh. it becomes a care. And Well, you know, I'm just trying to figure it all out. I'm just trying to, like, okay, should I send them to this school? Should I not send them to school? Should I homeschool them? And then you start to, and before you know it, you start to develop anxiety. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and it's amazing how yeah. it escalates quickly. Yeah. This morning I was driving to work. Out, 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 out to work. Where was I headed out? Oh, Clovis, to help my buddy. Build furniture, put it together, take it up to the upstairs and put it in his bedroom because he got a new set and everything. And Boy, I tell you, I had gotten up, read my word, read my Bible, and man, I was on top. You ever just start your day and you're just, man, I'm, on, I'm feeling like I'm on top of the world. I'm on top of the world. I feel like I'm on, I'm on that, cl- I'm on the, on the, on the, on top of the hill, you know, I'm just, you know, everything's beneath, the sky's blue, yeah. and um, I'm going to get on YouTube and listen to the word on my way there, and, and uh, a news person came on, you know, just right there, and it said something, because I guess there's something that's going on on the news, and all of a sudden, I just watched it just for like, it's like an eight, eight, maybe eight or nine minutes, and you know what, I just realized after I had done that, I just... I was like, why, why did I watch that? Mm-hmm. I just, I, I left. Mm-hmm. I, if you just watch something, you're just like, oh boy, that's, you just feel like more hopeless. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, I, and then just, it just spoiled my morning. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just felt myself like, man, you just, you can feel the concern that you have for your country. And then, the, and then you start to realize, wait a minute, I'm worrying. Yeah. The very thing that I said, I, the Lord dealt with me about the stopping Stop worrying. Yeah. I tell you, when God tells you to stop worrying, that's going to affect your ministry. What do you better be better be doing? Mm-hmm. So we can teach ourselves. We can learn certain aspects. We can train ourselves to to respond certain ways without really much being aware that we're we've 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 trained ourselves or been conditioned. Yeah. Here's another thing. We can also condition our children to worry. Oh, you better get the, you, you better be thinking about that because you, you I want you better get a good grade on that. You, you, you better be thinking about. It. I mean, you know, we could put the worry. This, so you you got to go to college. You got to go to college. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? And then the worry of a career, the the the, the anxiety, because we've all been through that. Oh, that's just normal. No, it should not be normal. Anxiety, worries, cares about the future, ought not be on people and on individuals. And we treat it as normal. But really, there is no care. There is no worry. There is no fretting in heaven. That's the flow of heaven. And and if that's the flow of heaven, how many of you know, you, if you can't change anything? James says you can't change the direction, the flow of your life. Let's open our Bibles to the book of James. 
You, you can't change the flow of your life. The direction. You can change the flow through prayer. Let me just rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Let's, let's properly rephrase. You can't, you can't control the flow of this world, but you can definitely control the flow of your response and how you choose to live in this world. James chapter 1. Paul talks about, not Paul, James speaks over here in verse uh, 1. And um, he talks about trials and, and having gone through things. How many of you know a trial is, how many of you know what a trial is? It's a stressor. It's pressure. It's pressure on your mind. It's pressure on your, it's something that tries to divert your attention. It, it tries to steal your energy, your focus. And James is, you know, James is the Lord's brother. I mean, he's, he's the Lord's brother, an actual sibling of the Lord. Half-brother, amen? Yeah. And in verse 2, he says, My brethren, boy, I'll tell you, this is, I mean, you better hold on to your seatbelts here. This might agitate you a little bit. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your, your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect maturing work that you may, be, you may be perfectly mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, you notice I'm putting that word mature because we've learned over the years that the word perfect is not talking about without mistake. It's just talking about coming to a place of maturity, right? And so we just got to get accustomed every time we see that word perfect that we're talking about us maturing. So, so that we're lacking nothing, that we're being mature and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. You know, I'll tell you what. Half of our biggest problems is that we're not asking God. We're trying to solve it within our own minds. We're sitting there, we're calculating, how am I going to make this happen financially? What, what do I need to do in all this? Versus, Lord, what do you want me to do in all this? When do I start trusting him about what I'm, what I'm going to do? How about asking him what to do? How about asking him, Lord, what would you have me to do on this situation? Well, one thing that really blessed me that Brother, uh, Brother Hagin said in that Casting Your Cares book, I believe that we, are we sold out on those? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I have the, I have the last one. I still got to pay for that, so just remind <laughs> I, I, I stole the church's own book, so <laughs> Pastor Melinda walks in the room, she says, are you going to pay for that? Uh, <laughs> I thought I was under divine ownership of that book, but apparently I'm not. And she said, No. Some people. Some, some people. But you see, you count it all joy, right? And so here's the thing. He's talking about, um, what was I just saying? Perfect word. What was that last scripture I just said? If you lack wisdom, you ask God. You ask God for wisdom. And far too often we're going through life. We're not asking for wisdom. We're not asking. We're just responding. We are like almost like becoming like automatons, automatically responding from our past, automatically responding out of a, a normal response, talking out of just, just hello, sort of like someone goes, hello, how are you? And you're like, I'm fine. You almost have like this automated response when someone calls you on the phone, right? Yeah. Hello, this is Marcus. <laughs> Speak. <laughs> right? Or we have this little, little way we want to answer the phone. Like when Pastor Melina calls up, what's up, girl? 
And because we have these automated responses, how many of you know sometimes we need to ask the Lord, how do you want me to respond? The danger side is, is that we're just operating out of our own intellect and that we're just talking and we're not even being aware that we're just doing it. Right. We're, we're, we are copying mom, mom's incorrect way of responding. We are copying dad, dad's maybe using improper ways of responding. Or maybe dad's really good in one area, but particularly weak in another area. And so what do we do is we craft ourselves as young people to respond like our parents or maybe respond in an environment because that's how we see the flow of the environment. And we're just adapting to that environment. But there is a higher way of developing and responding. And it's called the word person. The word person knows how to respond according to the word. He responds to what the word says. He asks the Lord. He slows down. He stops. He thinks about what he's going to say. And so, Spirit, what do you have for me to say on this? Yes. Amen. Particularly, you know, people say, well, I don't know what, what to say when tough times come or when the tragedy comes. Mm-hmm. Say, Lord, what do you want me to say? Uh-huh. You know, one of the things the Lord taught me years ago, if something bad happens to somebody, look, you know what? We're surrounding you right now with faith and love. Right. Amen. That's, that's, that's yeah. the one the Lord gave me. Not my condolences. Mm. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? My condolence. I give you my condolences. What does that mean? Does anybody know? Most people are like, oh, I don't know really what that means. <laughs> then why are we saying it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we've got to really think about why we're saying it, why we're speaking it, why are we responding that way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the way the world responds, they have all these different ways of saying it, and it's always uh, very cliche-ish. It sounds automated. It sounds like, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you. That's, that's fine. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, again, it sounds like a rubber stamp, but at least, at least it's, you're letting that person know. So there's some that are, but then there's some that, you know, well, you know, sometimes God takes them young. You just never know, what, maybe, you just never know when it's your time to come, and you just think they're being all spiritual. Yeah. And so people and people around and people around them start getting concerned. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you're right. I never even thought about that. Yeah. And I mean, when I said that, you should have seen a few of your faces. You're like, really? <laughs> no. no, no. Satan is a God, Satan. John ten ten. Satan kills, steals, yeah, and right. destroys. Yeah, that's right. Jesus gives life and gives it more abundantly. That's right. So you always answer from the place of victory. Yes. Amen. Always answer from the place of victory. Yeah. Because you really, you know, you, you don't realize that either you're going to produce a, a care on somebody else or a care in yourself yeah. by the way you respond. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to throw your junk on someone else and then they're like, or they're going to be living with stuff mm-hmm. that you've said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, over the years, I remember people saying stuff about God. It goes, yeah, just, God just needed another angel. And I just, you know, over the years growing up, out of just an automatic response. Yeah. And that would just sit in me, and I just, for years, that bugged me. And I used to think, man, God, what a mean God. Take some, why, why do you need to take a young person? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't know, that, as a believer, it's our responsibility to, to follow him and yeah. To, yeah. to live a life that's sanctified and that our words need to line up with his. Yeah. And, and, you know, God didn't create a robot. Right. You are not a robot. He gave you a will. And we ought to use our will in such a way that, that emulates and brings life and it brings love. It brings people joy. Yeah, yeah. 
doesn't tear down, but it builds up. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because that's what we're here for. Yes. That's what you and I are here for. Yes. And then he says, let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven tossed by the wind. Now he's talking about when he's really talking about these things, you really think about a person who's just given to fear, who's given to worry, who's just being tossed around by every bad news. Well, just like, it's, like I said, it's just so easy. Here I'm teaching on worry, and, and the, you know, Satan comes to steal the word immediately. Mm-hmm. It just takes one, you're just one click away on, 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 on YouTube to find yourself in the, uh, in the mully grubs. Yeah. One minute you're just completely feeling down. You're feeling the blues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why did I even watch that? Mm-hmm. Why do I even go there? Why do you eat the three bags of Doritos? <laughs> Didn't eat it. And then you feel like, why do I eat this? Why, why can't I get past these Dorito aisle? <laughs> maybe if I switch my potato chip style, maybe, maybe all things will be better. Now, I don't eat Doritos. I'm just using it as an example. I, I have other struggles. George knows what they are. He knows. He's seen me there. <laughs> Pastor, what you doing here? Uh, picking up food. Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> um, so what are you to, as a believer, how are you to ask if you are carrying a care or a worry? He says, ask in faith. When you have a care or a concern or a worry, ask in faith, Lord, as he, he has the answer already. Don't act like you don't have the answers. Like you don't know the answer giver. That's right. Remember when you were in school and you didn't know something, there was a smart kid in class who knew every answer? Where'd you go? Hey, smart kid, do you know what this is? <laughs> you wouldn't ask a kid who the cross eyes who was bumping in the walls, hey, do you know the answer to this? You'd be like, no, I'm going to ask this kid right here. This kid knows what he's talking about, right? right, right. Yeah. You'd ask the one who, who obviously, who's the one who raises his hand every time in classroom. <laughs> you know the one you can't stand. You're like, Man, I can't believe he's always got the answer. He's just showing off. But you know who to ask. But let me tell you, you know who to ask even better. You have the Holy Ghost, and he knows all things. He lives on the, he'll guide you to the answer. Well, I tell you, when, when, you know, once you start to realize what you're doing to yourself, then you've got to realize, dude, I, I can't just be, if I see something for a moment and it says something that's a topic, that's a hotbed, for, hot, hot, hot topic for me, that, and I know that it might get me upset. I like what Pastor Malini shows you. Know, now I know why Brother Copeland doesn't watch a lot of news or read a lot of newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's, I mean, it's a slippery slope. Because here we are, you know, you want to pray for your nation. Well, I need to be informed. <laughs> See how that, I need to be informed yeah. for my nation so I'll know how to pray. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, to some degree, okay, maybe. But to, to be sitting there like eight hours a day on the news to just be informed about what's going, on, what's going wrong. And you know half the time, let's just not just say half the time. Because that's really exaggerating. It's probably 80% of the time that media is lying to you. <laughs> maybe 90% Lord maybe, nine, maybe 90% I'm going to give them the 10% that maybe they might be telling you the truth their job is, is to row you up 
rile you up and get more ratings. That's their job. They, they don't care about the consequences. So as a believer, you got to say, I'm going to do everything I can to stay positive. If that means pushing away that negative stuff, that means I'm going to have to push away that negative stuff. I can't always be putting that in my spirit. I, I, I can't allow myself to be bogged down with fear, cons- fear, clouded or under the under the other uh, pseudo names or or, um, or or other camouflage names of concern. I'm concerned. It's fear. I'm just concerned for my country. It's fear. You know, one of the worst things you could do as a parent. One of the worst things that you can do for a as a parent, is operate from a position of fear. Mm-hmm. Even answer out of fear. Mm-hmm. Because you can see something going a certain direction mm-hmm. and you get in fear over it and you start responding out of stuff like that. Yeah. Boy, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Boy, I tell you, boy, as, as I can testify, that is, it, it, you, you will see the fruit of your fear. Yeah. Job saw the fruit of his fear yeah. upon right. his children's yeah. life. Because he allowed himself to be moved right. and operated yeah. by fear. Yeah. Right. Amen. Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm going to put him in sports because I want him to learn how to get along with kids. Mm-hmm. Why? Is that fear that's motivated? Because you're afraid that they may not be able to have a friend. Mm-hmm. So you need to put him in sports to have friends so that they could, so they could teach him how to, what's the word, socialize. Mm-hmm. And then they get thrown out of school because they were socializing <laughs> a little too much. And you get report cards to your mom. He likes to talk too much. Oh, yeah. I hear you like to talk a lot in class. Sounds a little familiar to some of you. Oh, you're a real funny guy, huh? So here we are. We, we, we operate from a system of fear, not being aware, and we rename it, well, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I'm looking. There's a fine line between concern and and, and, you know, and, and granted, we should be looking in on our kids, right. not neglecting them, That's right. uh, paying attention to the way they respond, right. teaching them how to respond, right. but not being moved or motivated by their own crying. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to make them sad. I'm afraid they're going to be sad. Yeah. Come on. How about, I just want to make sure that you're full of the word of God put you in the environment and not be afraid to put you in high school or put you in high school because I'm afraid that you, I, I'm, I'm going to somehow neglect you. You know how people can just move again. You're being motivated by fear and that's not good. Well, I tell you, I mean, we've got to really think about these things because fear and, 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 and it's mislabeling of what it is in your life. You can't, you can't afford to keep it there. I've done it too long. I mean, I, I told I told Pastor Lee I didn't realize how much I had worried. You know, and it wasn't until the Lord, you know, I think about the church, I think about the building, I think, okay, where are we going? How's this going to work? Are we going to call them up? I mean, just call, I mean, I'm going to call them up. I'm going to call them up. I'm going to call them. Up. And I remember something doctor said. He said, you know, most pastors, a lot of them get get heart attacks during when they're building buildings. Because the, the, the people want to put their spin on it. They want to add their thing onto it. Like, we want to do this. We want to do that. And it has nothing to do with the pastor's vision. Mm-hmm. They just want to add to it. Yeah. And so what does he do? He takes on the care of that. Okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? They want to do this. And, and then, then you can be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You as a spouse, you want to move into a house. And, you're, and you're, you as a lady may be putting pressure on your husband. 
or he may be putting pressure on you, right? So it's a two-way, it's a two-way road. We're, we ought not to be putting pressure on one another. We, we ought to just bring it to the Lord. Say, Lord, this is what we're believing you for. We're believing you for this house within this budget. And, and I thank you, Father. It's, it's not going to bring uh, stress. I, re I remember um, something Pastor Debbie Simon said a, uh, a, couple, a few years ago. They had bought a property. And they said, you know, they bought it. And he goes, it was a real stretch. He goes, and that property was a headache. Not just, and he goes, and we liked it, but it was just a headache. It was one of those properties that it just, it just seemed like it was one, it seemed just seemed one thing after another. All it produces was just a headache. And it was like, and, and they just felt like they were falling further behind and further behind. And, and finally, they just came to, the, uh, came to the point where they just needed to cut it loose with this piece of property. But as soon as they did, they felt the relief of letting that thing go. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not telling people right now, well, are you talking to me, Pastor? Is it a piece of property? No, I'm not. <laughs> Boy, I mean, and, I, I, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, again, it's how the devil will work you, even through a message like that part right there. Then you're starting, well, maybe I bought this house and I shouldn't have bought this house. Right. When I bought, we bought that Honda that we have. And, you know, in the first, when we first bought it, there was initially a little bit of tension. The devil tried to bring a little financial tension. But how many of you know, it, all of a sudden it opened up again? Yeah. It opened up where it wasn't an issue. It became a non-issue. We don't, we don't ever think of that, oh, no, we've got, a, we've got a payment due. We're not sweating to make the payment. In fact, we're probably going to pay it off early, but we're not sweating. We're not like, oh, no, I got another payment. I don't know if I, if I pay this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the rest of what I need. And see, here's the thing. Whatever's bringing cares, whatever's bringing undue stress, you have to reevaluate this. How important is it, it, it to have it in my life? How important is to have this re certain relationships in my life? Is it bringing a care into my life? Yeah. Well, they seem like good people, and they're you know, and, and you may try to help some folks, but then they start bringing their problems with you, and start trying to bring your you to con take concerns about their problems about yeah. where they're living and how they're making their choices yeah. and then you can feel like my gosh you know if i could just say this and well you know if their life would be better if they just fail follow the lord and, and next thing you know oh, yeah. your good intentions have <laughs> taken to a place called worry yeah. and it's frustrating mm -hmm. it's frustrating to you because you feel like you're frustrating the grace like I should have more ability. I should, I should be further along. Maybe I, I don't. Maybe I'm not doing this right. You look, you look. You're not. You're not called to take other people's problems. That's right. You're not. Amen. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not called to worry about whether or not someone's gonna be able to pay their bill. Amen. You're not. You're called to follow Jesus. Amen. That's your one true one true job as a believer. Amen. Follow the Lord. Walk in love. That's your job. First yeah. John. First John chapter 4. Say, I'm walking after the Lord. Boy, I tell you this, I read this to, this today, and I just tell you, boy. Oh. You ready? 
verse 17. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Love has been perfected or matured among us in, in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why would you need boldness? What's the opposite of boldness? You have something on your mind that's causing you not to be bold. Right? There's some things that, that are kind of opposite to fear or opposite to cares. There's things that are opposite to worries. And, there's, and one of the things the devil would really, when you take on cares, it, it affects your boldness. When you have cares, it, it's hard to be bold in the presence of God. When you're, you're, you're bogged down with like you don't know what you're going to do next, that, that robs you of your boldness. Especially, if, it's, it's sort of, the best example is like trying to go pay a water bill and you've got the money. So, well, how am I going to work this out? Well, I'll just negotiate and see what they say. Hopefully they, hopefully they do it. Right? So what does it do? It, it puts you where you don't feel to, as bold to st- step up because you feel like you're, you're at a disadvantage. But not with the Lord. His love has been matured among us in that we have boldness in the day of judgment because, he, because as he is, so we are in this world. There is no fear in love. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is no fear in love. Where there is worry, where there is cares, where there is anxiety, where there is fretting, there is fear. They're all attached together. It's like, one, it's like one octopus with eight legs. It's all connected to fear. Yeah. And its whole, its whole goal is to hold on to you. Yeah. Get each little tentacle on you and just hold on to you and not let you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the job of worry. To bring fear and let fear get a hold of you. Yeah. Yeah. Ever notice that you tend to be more afraid of things that never happen? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, why was I even worried about that? Yeah. It all worked out. You know why it worked out? Because you're a Bible-believing, God-fearing, devil taking authority over, walking in the boldness, getting in the face of the devil. You shut your mouth, devil. I'm going to have the final say here. All my children will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm not worried about my kids. I'm not worried about my parents. I'm not worried about my job. I'm not worried about everybody at the church. I'm not worried about the people that live on the streets. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not worried. I, Lord, my, I am living carefree. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out what? Fear. fear. Yeah. Because fear involves what? Torment. torment. Yeah. What's torment? Yeah. It's, another form of, it's another form of worry. Yeah. Because you can't even rest. It wakes you up at 2 o'clock in the morning on that little topic. And it keeps you up for another two more hours before you can fall back asleep. And then, you're just, and then when you wake up, you're like, I don't feel like I've even had any rest. That's called torment. Yeah. Torment. You, you want to know what that is? You ever wonder, well, how do I define this situation where I keep waking up in the middle of the night thinking about certain things? That's called torment. In fact, you should be sleeping through the night. Amen. Sleeping through the night. Not waking up bothered. Mm-hmm. Not, not feeling headaches every, every day. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Amen. Not, not motivated by it. Yeah. And I was telling Pastor Melina, you know, I, I, this morning after watching that, I felt like it just gave me a headache. 
I just, I just felt like after listening, I, I mean, for the first half of my day, I, ha- I had a headache. And I'm, I'm helping my buddy taking up his furniture and I'm just moving it, all that stuff. And I, he goes, hey, well, you wanna, you're, you're right. You want to want to ibuprofen? I go, I didn't, I didn't. I said, maybe I look like I had a headache. I don't know. I said, no, nah, man, I'm good. And, and the reason why I said no was is because I know what I opened the door to. And so I knew for, for this specific moment, for that specific morning, that morning, you know, now I'm sore physically because I, it's been a while since I've lived a bunch of heavy stuff upstairs. That's different. <laughs> but a headache, just for the sake of having a headache and being concerned and worried about stuff, that's a different thing. And you and I ought not to be walking. You know, I mean, I, I think I, I, t- I, I didn't realize how much I grew up worrying. Didn't realize it. And the Lord says, you, and you've got to tell your, your, the, the parents of, your, of, your, of the church not to make sure that they're not putting off, pushing off their worries on their kids. Yeah. Well, we're, we're really believing for groceries today. <laughs> oh let's, let's just believe the Lord's going to pay this electric bill because if we don't, we're gonna, it's going to be dark tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the reason I tell the kids is because they have pure faith. Oh my Lord. <laughs> What's your motive? Yeah. What's your motive? We got to make sure that we're not pushing off things on kids. We teach them how to use their faith, but we teach them how to use it in a way that's positive. They're not always feeling overwhelmed, like they're not going to make it. And if they're not certain about the future, you say, you know what? Good about you. That means, and you get to enjoy your learning. Just enjoy everything that you're learning. Just enjoy being where you're at. Just enjoy it. I remember when, 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 when one day the kids, one of the kids came home, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, know, don't worry about what you're going to do. Just enjoy where you're at. You don't have to figure it all out. How about you just being, enjoying being a teenager? You just join being a kid. How about you just join being a toddler and not worry about the stresses? And the, same thing with you. How about you stop worrying about things that you can't even control? Boy, your life, your life right there will begin to change. And I'll tell you what, the only way things are going to get to start to change is until, you, until we learn how to walk in love. Boy, that, that, that really kind of sticks out to me because it really always has to do with walking in love. That means our love walk is imperfected. Now, how does worry and love have anything to do with one another? You ever just think about it, you're like, how does that, how does that, I mean, Lord, you're saying that I'm not perfect in love if I'm sitting here worrying. That means you're not trusting that God loves you. That he ain't going to take care of you. That's, that's all at the end of the day. The bottom line is, if you're worrying, it's because you're not trusting God that he, enough that he loves you. And that he cares about you. And that he's going to help you with this. That's, how, that's the reason why it is, it's, it's set up that way. Praise the Lord. Say, praise the Lord. You know... You and I, every day, are, are moving, either we're moving forward or we're moving backwards on some things. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Remember, we read it this weekend. If you have a, a King James Version, it says, um, be careful for nothing. But really, it means be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, in other words, I have to have a relationship. If I really want to be carefree, the only way I can accomplish that is 
fully connected relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Do I got everybody here? Yes. How, how are you ever going to be free if you're, if you're just kind of doing your own thing? Mm-hmm. Thinking what you want to think. I mean, the answer's right there. Let your request be made known to God. Who, 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 know, who gets the request? God. God. God should be getting your request. Request for help, request for insight. Let, it, let, let him know. You know, your relationship is based on a relationship. Your rela- you hear that? Your relationship is based on a relationship. It almost sounds like, okay, you know, Melina, Pastor Melina and I, our relationship is based on our relationship. Every day we have a relationship. I can choose to engage that relationship, talk, cultivate it, love on her, I'll spend time with her, talking with her. But if I'm not communicating with her, I don't know what she's thinking, and I can become very um, rusty, for say, for lack of a better term. I can have a difficult time understanding if I'm not having a good communicative, uh, communicative relationship. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Lord. If I'm not communicating with her on a regular basis, right. you can start feeling like, yeah, well, maybe I, you can, the devil will work you in that area if you're not talking to him on a daily basis. Yep. He, he will work you. You'll be sitting there like, man, I feel so fake. Like, I'm not even doing this right. That's how the, I've heard people say these things. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're not making a connection. They don't feel like God hears them. But when you have a relationship, you know he hears you. Amen. When your love is perfected in him, you know not only he does hear you, but he loves you because you have a relationship where you're always speaking to the Father. Amen. Every day, every day you're talking to the Father. Amen. You grab your coffee, you're sitting on the couch before you read your Bible, and you say, Lord, help me with this. Lord, I've been struggling with this, and Lord, I'm thank you for helping me with this area of just worry, Lord, and I think I'm going to get over this. This, you know, I'm going to get over this. I'm going to pass that test. I'm going to learn how to not just sit there under the heaviness of stuff anymore. No more. I'm done living this way. And so, Lord, I just, I repent. You know, that's why I really love Brother Hagin. He just said, I had to repent. I had to repent. And he said, it, it, it took me a while. He said, it took me a while to just finally said, you know, and here you having a pity party. He's having a pity party about, you know, having him to walk in, uh, to not, to cast that care off. Here I am. I've got a deformed heart. Here I am. Well, you know, I'm not like the rest of the kids. One's a bootlegger and one's a gambler and they're blessed. They got brand new cars and, you know, they're doing well and they're, they're mean. And, and here again, you know, you're comparing yourself. Yeah. But when you compare yourself to other people, especially when you have a relationship with God and then you're accusing God yeah. of loving them more than you, mm-hmm. he doesn't love you any less Amen. than them. He loves you a lot. Amen. He does. And once you get that revelation of how much and truly he does love you yes. and how he doesn't want, that's why the Bible says, cast all your cares. Yes. Amen. All, cast all your cares upon the Lord. Yes. Not, not one, you know, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you these 99, but I'm going to keep this one care. Mm-hmm. He says, cast all. all. A- any, any other care is, is illegal contraband. It's contraband. It doesn't belong to you. That's right. That's right. So if you're walking around worrying before you come to church, it's contraband. You just came into church with contraband. You said, Lord, 
I cast this over on you. I cast this. I'm not. I'm no longer carrying. I'm making a. I'm making. You know when he said when he said I cast when you cast your cares upon the Lord. You know that's a prayer of commitment. That's a prayer of commitment. You're making a commitment to live it a higher life. It's a higher life. I'm not saying that I've grown fully mature in that area yet, but I'm getting there. I'm going to get there. And then so when people are going to come, will come to me and say, hey, pastor, you know this? You know this? I don't even have a care about that. Yeah. It's not that I don't care about them, but I'm not going to allow that care to try to whip me on the back. Yeah. And I'm not going to be a slave to my cares anymore. Yeah. No longer a slave to your cares, right. but walking in the fullness and walking in the joy. Yeah. Counting all these things just joy. Count it all joy. Oh, whoa. Right. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, that's what you're going to have to do. We don't just rejoice in church just because it makes us feel good. Yeah. It's, not just, it's more than just running around in circles and having a great Holy Ghost party. Yeah, that's right. It's more than that. That's, right. that, that's part of enforcing, enforcing that carefree life. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not worried about, I'm not worried about stuff anymore. I'm not. I refuse to worry. I refuse to take on the care. I, re, I refuse any, any diagnosis. I refuse through life. I, I mean, whatever just tries to come, I don't care what I see or situations going around me. I am unmoved. Right. You know, that's the same thing Abraham had to do with Sarah. When he looked at her body, or looked, they looked at each other, you know, they're now they're in their 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still trying to get this, this, this thing going, the promise of the, the, promise of the Lord. That's right. I mean, they're just, you know... And, I, and I, I'm not going to say I don't feel sorry for Sarah because, you know, the reality is, well, you know, she's older, Lord. Don't you think you should kind of go easy on her? I mean, she is a little older, you know. Yeah. But no, there's a promise there. That's right. There's a promise there. That's right. There's always something bigger than you. That's right. And that's the promise there. Yeah. Because it, it, it affected a nation. Yeah. It affected a people. Right. You not being your fullest, you're not being what God created you to be will affect others. It always does. When you choose not to walk in love, it affects others. When you choose to take it on a worry and you walk through the house and you're cranky and you're agitated because you got a bill or because, you know, your, your husband is being a knucklehead or your, or your wife is being a knucklehead or the kids are being knuckleheads and everybody's like, you know, the three stooges kind of going at each other, slapping, poking eyes. You know, they're, they're going through the whole routine. You know, everybody's just punching and hitting. And, I mean, not not saying physically, but I'm just saying with their words. You know, yeah, yeah. they're just they're just they're just having at each other. You know, and and there's there's no peace in that. Yeah. There's no peace in that. Yeah. Yeah. And yet God says, "I'm come to deliver you from that." That's right. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd; yeah. I shall not want. Right. That means I'm not going to lack any good thing. Right. He leads me beside the still waters. Right. He makes me yeah. lay down in green pastures. Come on, he makes you. Yeah, yeah. Why does he have to make you? Because sometimes you just want to run around <laughs> yeah. and get in other people's business <laughs> and create other worries for other folks. <laughs> See, he be running around again. Boy, he's just making, he's just getting on my nerves. You know I mean, he just no, 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 no. Relax. Learn to be at peace. Have a relationship. You know, I'm the shepherd here. He says, I'm the shepherd here. Yes. I'm the shepherd. Amen. So stick with me. Amen. Talk with me. Yeah. Relate with me. I know all your afflictions. I've been through it all. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. Trust in me and see what I can do in your life. He's a big God. He's bigger than your problems. If the problem is bigger than your Lord, 
then you need to switch it up. You need to make him bigger than your problems. Because you don't want the, you don't want the problem to be your idol or your Lord. Because problems and concerns would love to be your idol, would love to be your Lord, like to lead your life, like for you to build your life around that problem and that worry. Yeah. Boy, and, and, you, and, and here's the thing. You will, if you allow it, you will even accommodate it. No more. No more. Lord, I repent. I make a firm commitment not to worry anymore. And you may have to do it once, once, twice, three, four times, five times that day, six times. But you just keep, you just keep having at it. You just don't quit. You just don't stop. You get, you just get in its face. I'm not quitting on this thing. I, you know, and you're gonna find you, you're gonna find yourself worrying on things that you didn't even know you were worrying on. Things that you obviously were concerned. Well, you know, you know that girl down there. I don't know what she's thinking. She's always just running around getting everybody's business. Again, you're taking on a care. You're taking on a worry. You don't. You don't think God's got His eye on her as much as you. That you don't think God's going to take care of you. Come on, man. Get you got to get free of yourself. Get free of yourself. I'm telling you, we are free. Say, I am free. No more cares. You gotta say it by faith sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Even when your body don't feel, you gotta say, I, "I'm not caring and I'm not worrying about this right. stuff." Amen. Yeah. That's right. No, Amen. That's right. no, I'm not caring. I'm not worrying about it. No. Yeah, I'm not worry. I don't. I don't care how many haircuts come in that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many people call me up and want this job for me to do. I don't care. I'm not moved by any of it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I can just get one good haircut for the day that will take care of the whole week. Yeah. Can you imagine one haircut? One haircut that would take care of you financially for the whole week. Yeah. Can you imagine what, what kind of tip would that be? You'd be like, "Well, I can pretty much imagine what that could take." Yeah. Yeah. One divine idea. That's right. Yeah. And don't think money's going to take care of your cares. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More money. If I just had more money, I could just take care of all these cares. Yeah. No, they just add to more of your. If you're if you're in that zone, you're just going to have more cares to care about. Yeah. Because you never dealt with that care. Yeah. Right. And then that money and those cares will even control you even more. Yeah. Good. Boy, you just start working yourself in like that little hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Just spinning. Just spinning. <laughs> Poor little hamster don't even know he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, he thinks he's going somewhere. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. Good. Like, them, like them cyclists at the, the spin classes. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. Hey, girl. <laughs> Lost 30 pounds. <laughs> Come on. Where are you going with your mind? Where are you headed? One thing, one of my, uh, uh, years ago, one of my pastors uh, from, from years gone by used to say this. Whatever you're focused on is where you're headed. Wherever, you're, wherever your focus is on, that's where your life is headed. If you're focusing on negative stuff, your life is going to end up in a negative place. If you're focusing on what God created, the new creature in Christ that you are, the, the person that you were destined to be, the person, the, let me just say right now, let me just, wait. you already are the person that you, you're destined to be. Are you happy with that person that you wanted to be? You could be better, or can I? Or things could be better. In other words, I can have more joy. 
more joy, yeah. more peace, yeah. no worry. Mm -hmm. Every day we're going to have to focus on that area, yeah. keeping ourselves at peace, yeah. staying full of the word. Yeah. Come on, that's what we do here at the river. Come on. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're maturing, right? Yeah. We're maturing here. We're maturing. Say, I'm maturing. I'm maturing. That's right. At the River Church, at the River Church, you're, you're, we got the most, my confession over you is we're the most mature people in the city. Amen. We're, we're mature. We don't get offended. We know how to walk in love. You are, you are the sharpest group in this town. You learn, how to, you learn how to take command over your mind and not worry. Right. The, the least stressed. Yes. The least stressed. Oh, they say they say sickness will take is will take more people out through worry than anything else. Stress, stress and worry together, combined with fear, over time, will will wear you out physically. Uh uh, I got too much to do. You got too much to do. I've got grandbabies to enjoy. I got, I got that to look for. I got, I got to look forward to seeing uh, Seth grow up, preach the word. I, got, I get to see these kids grow up and see what God's going to do in their lives. I mean, I, I see some of these kids, I see things special on their lives. I do. I see them help tear down and set up. I said, God's got something. I see some of you ladies, some of you single ladies. I see some of you married folks. I see, I see a whole a God's potential on all of your lives. And guess what we're doing? We're living up to what God has for you and I. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you. We love you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want us to think about this right now. Say, dear Heavenly Father, if I've taken on cares, if I've taken on worries, please forgive me. Show me those areas where I can be sharper and stronger. I won't look at other folks won't carry any cares, won't carry any worries about others, about myself, about my children, about my work, and the direction of life. I cast all my cares on you because you care for me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, ain't God good? How many of you feel lighter already? Come on, I just, you just, like, man, I just need to get over some things. Boy, the, the more you do it, the easier it gets. The more you do it. That's one thing I love what Brother Hagen said to these young kids. He goes, I started when I was 15, and that's why it's been a lot easier for me, because I started when I was young. Kids, you learn not to worry now. Don't worry about what you're gonna, where your life is going or what's going to happen. You just, just follow Jesus and learn to have a relationship with him, and your life is going to be way ahead of us. Way ahead of us. Amen? Amen. You are released.